Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. That sound, honestly, our intro is honestly therapeutic especially because we haven't heard it in some time now we both had like some stuff going on over the christmas holidays and you know we're doing our own thing visiting people out of the city but hearing that sound hearing that that intro there is honestly like ah we back we're back we back a lot has happened since the last time we connected josh a lot has happened holy crap should we should we dive into some stuff here should we yeah, we can. We could. I think the first thing on our docket is, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you, Neil? So Neil, you, tell I, me what's going on. What's going on with you? Oh, you know, the holidays have been great. You know, very <laughs> low key. Um, you know, caught up with some family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I told you in the past, usually I rotate between my fiance and I. We go one Christmas to yeah. Vancouver, BC. Mm-hmm. The next one, we'll try and spend it here with my family. So this year we were here. Yeah, what was it? This year was here? This year we were here, yeah. Okay. So very low-key. Uh, my family's in the East End. We just hung out with them. Mm-hmm. Lo- even more low-key on New Year's Eve. But uh, a lot of caviar involved, a lot of sparkling wine. It was a good time. You had a trip. I had a trip. I I went to Dominican for my 30th birthday. Um and uh it was honestly like it was the trip of a lifetime like there's so many experiences that i had on that trip i literally had i sat on i went to this um like monkey enclosure and there were monkeys literally climbing all over me a monkey enclosure <clears throat> yep they're not even um they're not even native to dominican they just have this like this gigantic monkey enclosure and you have to obviously pay to go in so we were doing like my girlfriend and I, we went on um, an all-inclusive and then we did um, excursions like almost yeah. every single day and so this one it was uh it was a monkey zipline package so you you went for the morning and you went into this like uh, monkey enclosure and you got to meet all these monkeys and you literally like this this uh i don't know what you call it, like the monkey the guy in charge of the monkeys essentially he monkey, <clears throat> monkey keeper the monkey sure yes that's i guess that's the official name but he would like walk around and you'd just be like kind of sitting down and the monkeys are climbing everywhere and he had this like this uh this uh bag of, of sunflower seeds mm-hmm. and he would put the sunflower seeds like on your shoulder and then the monkey would just climb on your shoulder and i was actually taking a video with my phone and they hopped onto my hand and were like looking at my phone as i'm taking a video of them um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. We went zip lining as well that day, literally over top of the jungle. It was it was honestly insane. We jumped off of waterfalls, uh, slid down like there was this waterfall excursion that we went on where you literally like start at like the top of a mountain and you're jumping off like waterfall after waterfall and sometimes you're like sliding down like this like like water slide essentially into like this big yeah. open it was honestly, it was a trip of a lifetime. That's something that I will <laughs> never do. <laughs> That's Which anything uh, jumping off a waterfall. You won't do that? So a little truth here. Um, I do not touch deep sea waters. Really? Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's something. Is there like, like I, what Don't get me wrong, I can swim. Okay. Um, but there's some sort of anxiousness that gets that comes when my feet do not touch the ground and I can't see, I don't know what's underneath the Fair, water. Fair, honestly. So pools are fine, <clears throat> um, but not knowing what's underneath my feet is is 
where I won't go. So, you know, jumping into an, uh, a yeah. waterfall yeah. Or, or the ocean, sorry, just not going to happen. You've probably me. seen Jaws one too many times. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's that is the fear. And like there, there's like movies that like play on that fear because that's not like a uncommon fear. Like there are people that will not jump into yeah. like, open water. But uh, we even got to the point where like um, we're in a line with like our whole group that we're like with. And we got to the point, my girlfriend got to like the point where she jumps off and like the whole time she was talking about like, oh my God, I can't wait to do this. And then you get to the actual point, the ledge where you're about to jump off and she's just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was like, okay, I'll go first. Like I'll do this yeah. first. I'll jump first. And then you see it. And then if that's something that you still want to do, like no pressure, but personally, I think you should do it. So I jumped off. Um, I had my, like my life jacket on and everything. Yeah. Like they give you a helmet too. Cause there's like rocks everywhere. And uh, she eventually did jump off and it was honestly like you're jumping off like 30, like 35 foot like cliffs into water. So it's not like too high, but it's also like once you get to the ledge, it's like, holy shit, what have I signed up for here? Um, but yeah, it was the trip trip of a lifetime. It was it was so cool. Um, I'd recommend <clears throat> honestly, like all inclusives are great, but definitely like go somewhere where you can do the excursions for sure. Like they're like. Like sitting by the pool, I got some really bad sunburns too. Um, sitting by the pool, sitting by the ocean, just like having a book and reading. There's like, there's nothing that is ever going to You burn me. in the sun. You know, the sun has, it takes anyone as a victim, especially that Caribbean yeah. sun. Like yeah. in the Dominican. I was in the Dominican a few months ago as well. And I burn and I never burn. Yeah. I don't know if there's something going on with this climate change or anything. Cause it never used to be like that, like eight, nine, 10 years ago. Now you sit in the sun. Yeah. It's honestly probably it's, what it is. It's, it's pretty heavy. Climate change is yeah. honestly like, and I put on a lot of sunscreen. Like I, like people will give me shit because like seeing my sun and burn and being like, oh, you didn't like yeah. people on the resort were walking up to me and be like, you got to be wearing sunscreen. You got like, yes, thank you. I am wearing sunscreen. <laughs> thank you for the advice. But um, it literally like you have to reapply like every like 30, 45 minutes or else it's going to get you. Yeah. And it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, the trip was amazing. I also had a low-key New Year's. Um, mm. I don't know if you saw, like, the, the fireworks that went off, um, like, down by the water here. I didn't see the fireworks, but I saw the traffic that came with it because... Oh, my God. It was the... Again, you're an idiot if you're stuck in traffic on New Year's Eve. I was one of those idiots because I was in an Uber uh, yeah. trying to get across the city. But the thing is, normal fireworks in this city happen at numerous occasions. Yeah. This year... At City Hall, at Nathan Phillips Square, they did where everyone was waiting for fireworks to go on, <laughs> did not happen. Yeah. So then they soon thereafter figured out that it was across the city. So everyone stormed down to the lake shore, down to the waterfront to watch the fireworks there. Traffic was relentless. It was insane. I was I was down by the water. Yeah. I went with my girlfriend down by the water to watch the fireworks, and it yeah. was... It was the most people in one area I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Thousands upon thousands. People are literally standing on top of one another. Where did you go? Uh, specifically, like, down, like, Queens Key. Like, just um, along the, the waterfront? <clears throat> yep. Just, yeah. Just down there. So, yeah, my I, we were down there watching the fireworks. And the fireworks were actually pretty cool. Like, they were massive fireworks. And I guess that's probably the reason why they moved them down there, because they have more room to have massive fireworks down yeah. there. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was actually pretty cool. Like I didn't expect anything. Like I, I didn't know what I was going to see. Like I knew it was going to be fireworks obviously, but like yeah. 
there were massive fireworks, like some of the biggest fireworks I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And the show was actually pretty cool. But then as soon as the show ends, it's like from where we were, it probably would have taken, it, it's like a 20 minute walk from, from where we were to my place. It took us almost an hour to get home. You're crawling home. Literally. Yeah. It was insane. Got to invest in a jetpack. Apparently, yeah. But yeah, low-key, honestly, um, it was it was good. Had a nice Christmas with the family. It felt rushed. I, I went home on the 24th, came back the morning of the 26th. But um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It's good. You ready to talk a little bit about sports? Let's get back into some sports. Let's talk about something that just happened recently. Kind of shook the the Toronto sports world a little bit. It was kind of like a like a minor, like a like a, maybe like a five or six on the Richter scale. But um, OG Ananobi was traded to the New York Knicks from the Toronto it's Raptors. A long, long time coming. They were talking about oh, trading OG so for ever. Like so many teams were, and OG you know, knew it too. Yeah. OG knew he was on the trading block for a long time, and he they kept asking him and asking him and asking him. A lot, and, uh, a lot of people have asked my opinion on on this trade, and and I'm only one sided on this trade. I think it's a great trade for the Raptors. You don't think it's a great trade for the Knicks, though? I don't think it's a great trade for the Knicks. I think the Raptors fleeced the Knicks when it comes down to this trade because OG is on an expiring contract this year. Yes, OG is top tier mm-hmm. at what he does. He is a th- three-point shooter who plays elite defense against some of the te- other the opposing team's top superstars. Yeah. It's what he does. That's who he is. That's what you're going to get out of him. He is not going to develop into a superstar. The Raptors thought he could have been the next Kawhi Leonard. He is not that. He is not that guy. He cannot create his own shot. That is not who he is. Therefore, he should not be paid as someone who sh- who does that. And the Knicks are going to go out this offseason and do that. They're going to pay OG Ananobi as if he's a superstar, and he's not. Yeah. The Raptors acquired not only a second rounder that belongs to Detroit. Detroit is the worst team in the league, so that second rounder is going to look more like a first. It's going to be maybe the first pick in the second yeah. round. Yeah. <clears throat> but they also acquired Emmanuel Quickly who will be a star on the Raptors. He will be their starting point guard for the rest of the season. Yeah, he was honestly when he was in the talks for rookie of the year in his in his rookie year. Like he was it was a toss up. Was it 2 years ago he was rookie? Or last yeah, year. He's on he's on an expiring contract. He's on his expiring rookie contract yeah. right now. Yeah. Um but holy, he's looked very impressive in two games. Put up he had some foul points last night. He had some foul trouble in the first game that he played with the Raptors, but last night the game that he played against Memphis, he put up 25. Specifically in the second quarter, he went off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the missing piece to what the Raptors have needed. He's a, he's a scorer, he's a shooter, and he's a point guard. Yeah. And Dennis Schroeder is not that guy. You know, he's he's a great yeah. guy to come off the I'm bench sure with the second unit. If he was on your fantasy team, you would be saying he was the guy. <laughs> but... Someone picked up Emmanuel quickly, very, very quickly, quickly, very quickly after that trade happened. I knew he was going to be the starter. Year. Like you can't not have the starter for the Toronto Raptors. I don't know if he's going to be the starter. I think, I think they'll maybe work him in yeah. um, to some starting roles. But also the other guy in this trade, R.J. Barrett, the good old Canadian coming home. I like the move. A lot of pressure um, was on R.J. Barrett when he was drafted third overall mm-hmm. with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And 
didn't pan out to be a world talent as everyone pegged him to be. Um, RJ Barrett is still only 23 years old. He's 23. Yeah. He has his deficiencies. Don't get me wrong, but RJ Barrett is an asset. RJ Barrett fits this mold really well as well. Again, like we're building around Scotty. You have a young guy in quickly. You have a young guy in RJ Barrett. You have a young guy in, in Scotty Barnes. Mm. You're also going to have a young guy coming in in your in your second round draft pick next year. Exactly. You got Grady Dick on the bench. You got other young guys. You know, like this is your core. If you're rebuilding, the rebuilding is happening before our eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the it's, next domino to fall. Josh, do you think Pascal, Pascal Siakam gets traded? Yes. I don't see a world where Pascal Siakam stays on this team. I don't. The trade deadline is what February second, I believe. I don't see a world where Pascal Siakam makes it past that deadline as a Toronto Raptor. Yeah. I would, I would love it, honestly. I, I really would because I think Pascal Siakam is is an All Star, um, perennial All Star. He is, he is one of the best players in the league, honestly. Um, but I don't think he fits this team anymore. I just don't. I think he plays his own way. He's he's part of the system of old. Um, of this Toronto Raptors, like the 2019 system, but he's, I think he's probably the last one left from the 2019 team, right? Like who yeah. else, who else is from that 2019 team that's still on the team right now? It's just him. OG was the last piece and OG has gone now too. Yeah, they're all gone. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I don't see a world where Pascal Siakam makes it past the deadline as, and I, I honestly don't know. I think there's some teams that are in the, in the, in the in the mix to to take Pascal Siakam from us, um, I think it could happen with the Bulls. I think we could do like a Zach Levine uh, involved in that trade as well. Um, but uh, I, th- I definitely like we will be getting something big back for Pascal Siakam should he leave in the, the pro- before the trade. The deadline. problem with Siakam is the Raptors have Masai has waited and Bobby West they waited too long to trade Pascal. He's on an expiring contract. I, that's why I think the Raptors fleece New York is because they were able to ship that expiring contract off. Mm. They need from the team that they're trading Pascal to to assure, be assured that Pascal will resign with them for that trade to happen. Mm-hmm. Why would a team rent Pascal but give up a lot, right? Like if they yeah. don't know he's going to resign, mm-hmm. right? It's like it doesn't make any sense for them yeah. to just pay that for a rental price yeah no you're right i think pascal siakam gets traded to a contender this year though like there's going to be someone looking to to make a run for the championship this year and they're going to try and take on pascal siakam my bold prediction is he doesn't get traded he doesn't and he resigns in toronto because from what we've the raptors are now 14 and 20 mm-hmm. yeah they're six games under 500 they're two and no since the trade though exactly that this is a i already see it's a small sample size but i already see pretty big culture shift here mm-hmm. in what we saw previous with og and Anobi and what we're seeing now maybe it was just a lineup tinkering that they needed right they needed to stretch the floor with shooters mm-hmm. they have shooters now yeah they needed true. you know yeah they had a three and d <laughs> guy in in og but they needed a different sort of aspect to their their lineup that RJ Barrett RJ Barrett and quickly bring scoring 
yeah to the table we've seen it right in the we've, past two games. they can create their own shot they can space the floor <laughs> like create space on the floor they're improving this team and and the raptors look better could they be a fringe playoff team with the lineup they have right now yeah mm-hmm. maybe they make another big trade before the deadline who knows right uh what are your thoughts currently on darko it's too too early to, to tell, man. Like he's this is a transition year for the Raptors where they're getting some, you know, old legends, Raptor legends out of the team yep. um, and bringing in some fresh faces. Darko will be here for the next 3 years. I think if we don't see a team that's inspired and and performing well, then he's not the guy for us, but like I don't know, it's too early to tell. I definitely agree with you. It's definitely too early to tell. I've had some people like been asking me, um, yeah. like, can like, do you think it's too soon for the Raptors to fire Darko? I'm like, absolutely yes. Are you kidding me? It's it's yeah. it's it's the first. This isn't like the Premier League. This isn't like world soccer where where everyone every coach comes in and they have like two or three games to make a name for themselves, and if they don't, they're gone. This is this is the NBA like you need that's there's a system in place and there's a system that new coaches will have to bring in and you see like even like Dennis Schroeder like uh calling out the Raptors the other day I don't know if you saw that but he basically said um he went to war with his brothers in the FIBA world championship this summer and he he doesn't feel like that connection with the Raptors yet and so I think Dark when Darko's listening Schroeder knows that Darko's listening to that yeah and of course he's going to take that in. He's going to, and Bobby Webster and, and Masai Ujiri are listening to that too. And what did they do after Schroeder made those comments? They went out and got rid of Ananobi and brought in RJ Baird and Emmanuel quickly. Like they're, <clears throat> they're listening to everything that's going around them. If they yeah. have players coming out and saying, um, you know, that there's not like that bond, there's not that brotherhood. There's not like they're listening to that and they're going to be like, all right, let's make a change. Let's go. Let's do it. We've had this on the table for too long. Let's pull the trigger. So, I mean, like, I, I think we just need to give Darko a little bit more time. I 100% agree that he will be here for the next three years. Mm-hmm. I it's just some of the things he says, like he's bringing fun back to the Raptors. Like he's bringing like that, like he's making these players believe in themselves again. He is, you know, which is great to see. Right. Because like we needed they've been stagnant. I think that's probably the best word to describe them. Yeah. They've been stagnant the last couple years, right? Like, mm-hmm. they brought in Pirtle for first-rounder um, a couple years ago, so they shored up the center position mm-hmm. because they were having, you know, everyone play center. Literally. They are having Scotty play center sometimes, too. You know what I mean? So they've, they've solidified positions on their team. They've just added guys who can actually dribble the ball uh-huh. because Scotty, let's be real, he, he can handle the ball, but he's not a point guard. Right, they have three point shooting. They have guys who can shoot on their team now. So I mean, this is, this could be a, a you know a problem in the East for teams that are are trying to make it into the playoffs. The Raptors are are starting to to look like a, a real threat. Memphis is not an easy team to beat. Also, well, no, not with Morant back now. <laughs> Memphis has an awful record. Don't get me wrong, but they were the number one team when healthy last year mm-hmm. with John Morant, yeah. and they're that same caliber lineup exactly right yeah. minus dylan brooks like yeah. they're the same team i think honestly because Schroeder did say i think it was after the detroit loss that he he said these things and i think they needed that wake-up call and so like all of these things falling into place like the og trade losing or ending the pistons losing streak 
Schroeder calling out the team, like all of these things are it's such a big wake up call. Yeah. And so like it's it's making you know, it's it's enjoyable to watch the Raptors again, for me at least. And I, I, I'm excited to see what happens with the trade deadline. I don't think the Raptors are done making moves, whether it's Pascal Siakam or someone else. But um, I, it's just stay tuned because I don't think they're done. All right, shall we move on? Let's move on to something that we've literally never talked about on this podcast before. But it's something that I would like to bring a slight bit of attention to. Um, and that is, that is the WWE. Um, first of all, do you think WWE is a sport? Is pro wrestling a sport? It's classified as one. It is. I think it's more entertainment than sport. I, it, it borders the line between, you know, sport and entertainment. I think it can be both. I actually saw Iron Claw last night. Have you seen that yet? Iron Claw. No. Mm-hmm. It's the new, the new wrestling movie with, uh, like Zac Efron and the guy from the bear. Um, I will say like just prepare yourself you're going to see that movie like it will break you like it's a fantastic movie don't get me wrong but like just make sure you're you watch something happy afterwards because that movie will break you it, really it's a it's a true story too okay but that's it's crazy like what this family went through is insanity and just yeah just you should definitely see that everyone should see the movie because it's a masterpiece is that a segue into something else here I mean, sort of. It's uh, I was kind of using WD as a segue to talk about Ironclad, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's some big things happening in the WWE right now. So CM Punk has been away from WWE for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they just brought him back. He was with AEW for a while, which is which is on TSN. Like They picked it up and they play it every single week. Um, but also, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, I don't like I don't watch WWE anymore. I, I don't. But I keep tabs on it, as I'm sure you do as well. Um, every now and then you'll kind of like check in to see like what's going on in the world of WWE. And so Roman Reigns right now is the WWE champion. Yeah. And he has a, it, can you do me a favor? Can you look up how long his WWE championship run is so far? Because I think it's currently the, the longest or it's about to become the longest championship run in WWE history. That's years. Yeah. 1,222 days. That is insane. That is insane. And to, in this day and age, too, like where, where things are changing all the time. And so... No he, one's beat him for the championship in that moment? No one. No one. He's only been pinned once, I think, in that entire time frame, too. Um, and that was in, in, in a non-title fight. But um, so his big thing and the whole big thing surrounding the WWE right now is like, who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns? Who's it going to be? And so someone showed up on Monday Night Raw, January 1st, um claiming that they want the head of the table which is which is the roman like roman reigns he he claims that he's you know his whole shtick is that he's the head of the table like he's the tribal chief he's the he's the big dog and so who shows up on monday night raw but the one and only the rock who has not been in the wwe for how long now and he shows up and he he says i want the head of the table that's crazy. So we're going to have The Rock versus Roman Reigns at some point. I know this is not something... This is unprecedented on this show. This is... We're talking it's about not WWE. not something we talk about. Yeah. It's not something we talk about. But I saw this, and this was pretty freaking cool. It brought me back to... Like, I watched WWE growing up. I don't know about you. Yeah. But I watched it, like, religiously. Big time. Out of chair, man. Like, like grew up on that shit. I stayed home from, like, going to parties to watch, yeah. like, SmackDown. 
it was uh but yeah so i thought that was pretty cool well i'm sure we'll see it all over like tsn like they're picking it up like tsn sports night like the score like they're all talking about this what's going on right now and what's going on right now in the wwe but I just wanted to show show a little bit of light to it. Do you have any other any other thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, I mean, The Rock is great. <laughs> no one's gonna contest that. Like he is a, I think he's way bigger uh, movie star than he ever was a uh, wrestling star. Like, you think so? Worldwide, the fame. I mean, yep. he's. Um, I think more than anything else, this is a big draw for WWE. This well, is huge us for viewers. It. It's literally huge we're talking for about viewers. I think, you know, like this is it's going to be great for WrestleMania because that's what it boils down to, right? They're yeah. they're building in January, so come when's WrestleMania in April? April usually, yeah. They got 4 months, less than 4 months to to develop this storyline, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, WWE is now in partnership with the UFC. Mm-hmm. The creative writer team is now basing what they do on viewership. Yeah. Right, they're not developing as much as they used to. Maybe they still are, but bringing back Randy Orton, bringing back CM Punk, bringing back The Rock, bringing back all these notable names. Yeah, they're going for it right now. Oh, they're 100%. they're building this brand <clears throat> worldwide. They're bring bringing in notable names and creating a product that you know will sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So I can see it being you know, I that's crazy though. That was in two hundred twenty two days like five years four and a half years like Literally. that's no one's taken no one no one's had a championship run since the hulk that's like insane. since hulk hogan yeah yeah craziness uh it's got us talking about it so clearly they're doing something right over there uh should we move on though let's move on let's talk about the leafs briefly yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty much the reaction we get every time we talk about the Leafs. Uh, hey, they put up 57 shots last night, and they scored two goals to win the game. <laughs> so that's, that's all. I mean, like small sometimes win, small that's win. all you need. Um, they uh, yeah, they won in overtime. Yeah, last night they're on their they're on their uh, California run right now. So all the games start at 10 p.m., which is great. Uh, Ilya Samsonov has been waived by the Toronto Maple Leafs, which means that the the goalie picture for the Leafs has become so much less clear because we now have Martin Jones. We have uh, Joseph Wall, who's still out with an injury. Um, we just uh, called up another goalie. Uh, so it looks like the job is is Martin Jones right now. Samsonov cleared waivers, and he's now with the Marlies. Um, but Martin Jones, who would have thought at the beginning of the season? Third string goalie. This is... Um dire straits for the maple leafs like this is martin jones doesn't look terrible he is a oh, yeah. former professional goalie like he's, he's been still a, starter. a professional goalie he's, he's been a former. starter in the <laughs> yeah yeah he's a former starter in the league is what i meant yes. but um yes. he's not uh i would say he's still better than some of the third string goalies the leafs have had in the past oh, like yeah. michael hutchinson oh my god trash you know, trevor kid curtis mcelaney curtis mac like disasters like his third strings but like this kid hildeby that they just brought up Uh and could be the future uh you know he's he's only had like a small amount of exposure in north american hockey he's Mm -hmm. a swedish goaltender um he has been tearing up the ahl Mm -hmm. i think he should be given a shot here and there but i don't think he's going to be the starter um joseph wall has looked great 
he's just instance. Right now. We've got you know, a, he's we've got, got an ankle back. injury. He's coming back. But the the problem with the Leafs isn't so much goaltending. Yeah, Samsonov has had his struggles this year. Mm-hmm. He is being sent down to uh, the AHL. Uh, I think their defense is what they need to pay attention to at the deadline here. Like this has been their Achilles heel for so long. Um, acquiring, we talked about this. Acquiring some talent around the league um, that's available is essential mm-hmm. uh, for this team. You know, going out and getting a stay-at-home defender like Chris Tanev. It's you love you know, Chris Tanev. Jeez. I love like defensive <clears throat> players. Yeah, the Leafs have none of those. Yeah, right, Morgan Riley. They have no Jake McCabe has actually looked teams at state. Jake McCabe's okay, but he has his liabilities. Mm-hmm. Lilligren has been blocking shots and being physical, but again, like you, you need six defenders on your team. Mm-hmm. Not all offensive-minded players. Like Riley is not a defensive player. No, he's he's a he's an offensive defenseman, and he's, he is he is starting. I think we've seen the best of of Morgan Riley. I think you're starting to see him deteriorate here. Um, year after year, uh, but that's I think that's what the Leafs need to go out and do for, uh, before the deadline here. We've we've said it every single year that the Leafs I need know. to need to go and bring home a defender, and it's it's just like it's do we make it past the first round again this year? I mean I mean we'll see. It, it's not even the 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 thing that hurts the most, honestly, about all of this, about every single year we talk about the Leafs, is that the playoffs have become automatic you know what i mean like it's not even will the leafs make the playoffs or not that's the playoffs are automatic the leafs are such a good team in the regular season every single year that the playoffs are just like it's it's not a question of who it's not a question of if we're going to make the playoffs it's it's who we're going to play in the first round yeah and so we're preparing ourselves for that but there's so there's no like thrill when we make the playoffs anymore you know what I mean? There's no, like, I remember in, in my years growing up, like, when the Leafs clinched the playoffs, it was, fuck yeah, let's have a party. Like, this is, like, pop the champagne. We just yeah. clinched the playoffs. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, we clinched the playoffs. Cool. Awesome. Uh, who are we going to play? Who are we going to play? Which game are we going to clinch? You know what I mean? Like, and so it's it's not even that excitement anymore. It's 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 just we're preparing ourselves for the disappointment. There's no excitement anymore. You know, what's being lost in all this is um, Austin Matthews and his performance so far. And William Nylander to an extent, too. He's going to get a massive contract, more than 11 mil. I think he's earned that much. He's top 10 player this year Mm -hmm. in the league. Uh, Willie, we can talk all day about Willie. Um, Willie is the equivalent of what Pasternak is on the Bruins. I think Willie is... You know, in terms of a skill level and and impact on their team, Willie is that. He's that guy. But I want to talk about Austin Matthews. All right, go for it. Before we move on here, Austin Matthews has 30 goals in 35 games. Mm. He scored more than 60 last year. He's on pace to do 70 goals this year. Right now, he's on pace Mm -hmm. for 70 goals. Mm -hmm. He did 25 in his first 35 games last year to score 60. Yeah, he's got thirty and thirty-five. He has a shot at fifty and fifty this season. Yeah, he does. He's playing at a pace that we have never seen a player play in our lives yeah. on the Maple Leafs, and it's quietly done, right? Like he scored that overtime winner last night. I think with the level that these two guys are playing at, 
if they can get some proper defense, you just talked about the first round. I'm not talking about, I'm not even worried about the first round. If we have these guys, they put up almost 60 shots on an Anaheim team where they ran into a hot goalie, mm-hmm. which shows me they're finding ways to win. They're who's, not. Who's in that last night? Dostal. <laughs> But he stood on his head. Like, that was a historic performance that he had. Yeah. Um, they should have won because of him. But, like, the Leafs came out, scored late in the third, scored in overtime to win the game. Finding ways to win. If they can continue doing that while still, you know, eliminating threats in the back end, then, yeah. Don't make mistakes. You're going to win games. So, I don't know. I have a good feeling this year if they those guys stay healthy and we make it into the playoffs, we have a good shot. They need to go get defensemen, though. They need to, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, so we'll see what happens at the deadline. Uh, every year it's what are the Leafs going to do, who are the Leafs going to add, and it's usually who are the Leafs going to add for this year. So we'll see, but we've. Uh, I think the Leafs know what they need to do. I think everyone knows what they need to do. You've just laid it out, so yeah. it's just a matter if they do it or not. Uh, should we talk about the NFL? A little bit, yeah. Let's round out our show here. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's. Um, how do you feel about the officiating this year in the NFL? How do you feel about... I don't... Officiating in every sport is always going to be a controversial topic, mm-hmm. but the officiating has been so bad in the NFL this year. I don't understand how disgraceful... How much more disgraceful it could get. You know, it has now gotten to a point where it's so blatantly obvious that there's something going on mm-hmm. you know there's something further going on that we don't see um it, it doesn't make any sense you know it's costing teams their their standings you know it's costing them their their positioning uh, i don't understand like that game last week that we saw between detroit and dallas mm-hmm. was so blatantly obvious that the call was botched it was that, like every angle you look back at it, like that. So basically, the call was that a an offensive uh, lineman, I believe, for the Detroit Lions didn't report as Lions were put in a position to win. Yeah, and it was taken away for them from them for what reason? Because a lineman didn't report to to the officials, or so they said. And then you look at the replay, and the lineman did report. And the official recognized it and acknowledged it. And then they still called it back saying the linesman didn't report. What What's even more disturbing is that this exact play um, was drawn up by the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell. Before the game even started. He drew out the play to the referee team, the mm-hmm. linesman team. And told them exactly play by play how it was going to happen. And it <laughs> the play happened. And he got called for an, il- an ineligible man. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make, make any sense. The way the stuff that's getting called back. if you I mean, like, if you want to take it back to that, that Bills-Chiefs game, I that wasn't poor officiating. You can talk about it all he wants, but uh, Tony was was offside. Yeah. Um and that was the whole call. Like the the play itself was amazing. Like the, the what they did on that play, like Travis Kelsey passing it to Kadarius Tony and then Kadarius Tony running it. Like that's an amazing play. Don't yeah. get me wrong. 
But the play doesn't matter what happened on the play. The play was offside. This I, is going to look even worse. If, if something like this happens, it's one thing for it to happen in the regular season. But when it comes down to playoffs, which are about to enter, mm-hmm. we're in the final week of the NFL season right now. Wildcard weekend starts next week. Mm-hmm. My favorite weekend of the year, wildcard weekend. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they can do. The, nothing's going to change mid-season. They're going to have to look at this in the off-season. But they, the NFL needs to put their officiating under review after all of these messes. Mm-hmm. They have to put it under review, right? Does that mean we go to um, more automatic officiating? I don't know. I don't know what they do, right? I mean, yeah. In Europe, they changed over. They switched over to VAR for this exact same reason, right? Where like officiating got so sketchy and so like debatable that they want they brought in var as a way of stopping the debate and so maybe i mean like we do have video reviews yes but like it's it's a matter of maybe we need something along the lines of you know the refs get a notification or the refs get like a like a beep on their watch or something like that if a player is offside or if a player is if there's pass interference, like it's there's there needs to be something like that. And I, I don't get me wrong, like officiating is not an easy job, and these these officials like take a lot of heat. But I think if you're going to disrupt the livelihood of these players, and you think about all the money that's gets that gets bet on these these games, these a lot of people are betting a lot of money on these games, and if these games are being altered because of poor officiating. And, and wrong calls, then the livelihoods are going to be changed by these yeah. people. It's fully a crisis right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's something they got to figure out quickly because it's not working. They're going to start to lose viewers on this. Yeah. Because they're going to start to lose teams. You know, teams aren't going to want to play. They're going to protest mm-hmm. and, and we're going to have to, you know, I don't know, maybe we're going to get to a point where teams are contesting games protesting games walking out on games because the officiating so bad i don't want i don't foresee it ever getting that bad but i think a lot needs to happen before we get to that part but i mean it could happen it could happen who knows um question for you trying to take over the fucking game it's a famous (laughs) shack line about officiating in basketball Mm -hmm. here we are in football Um, but the same quote it, it, it makes sense the referees are trying to take over the fucking game did you and see? Did you see? Sorry to interrupt, but the yeah. on LeBron's birthday, when did you see that terrible officiating where they called it a two and it was a three? It was. It, it could have gone either way, though. I mean, like you saw the replay, right? Yeah, no, I saw the replay. So did LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, the thing about calls and it, it's whatever is called on the floor is is the base call, right? Yeah. Whatever's called on the floor, whatever's called on the field, on the ice. Whatever the the platform is, whatever's called there is the base. And so you need irrefutable evidence to overturn that call. And if there's not irrefutable evidence, then you can't overturn that call. And that's where the, the gray area comes in is that like what constitutes as irrefutable evidence. Yeah. Right? So it is tricky. And I, I will say that like officiating is not an easy job to do. And his, I, t- his toe is just too big. Apparently, apparently his, no matter which way you zoom in on it, there's still, I don't know. I, I, I will not try and get into the mind of an official, but, uh, sorry, question for you. I was going to ask before is the chief's regime coming to an end? 
The Chiefs have not looked like the championship caliber team that they were. I don't know what's wrong with the Chiefs. I don't. I I was venting to you in frustration because our fantasy weekend or fantasy playoffs just came to an end, Um, and in one of my leagues, I owned Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I had the stack, Mm -hmm. and they the one of the deciding factors was their performance in that game, the last game this past week. But it's not just that game. Mm. They have looked lost the last half of the season, Mm. and they've just looked like a complete different team. The receivers can't catch a ball. Mm -mm. Travis Kelsey has lost not one step, not two steps. He looks like he's 98 years old. He he barely has impact on the game. Travis, uh, (laughs) sorry, Patrick Mahomes, doesn't know how to throw the ball anymore, can't read defenses, and is making dumbass decisions. Like, he just, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have more than one touchdown in his last, like, six games, I think. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The Wonderkin. Like, he doesn't do this. You know what I mean? He doesn't, it doesn't matter who he has on his offense, he makes it work. He's he's also always been, like, a, a playoff player, though. Like, I think we'll see a different, like, I do honestly at this point believe that the Chiefs will figure it out for the playoffs and they'll probably make it to the Super Bowl because that's just what they do. Um, but they definitely don't look like they will make it this this year currently. What doesn't make any sense to me too is even with the 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 way the form that Patrick Mahomes is in right now, they're still opting to sit him in this final game. So they're going into the playoffs. Have they said that already? Yeah, he's officially going to sit out this game really? probably kelsey as well too mm-hmm. um but i don't understand like would you not want to get back on track before you get into the playoffs even like to come in for like a few snaps here and there just like you know don't get rusty before going into the playoffs i don't know i don't like the idea <clears throat> that players sit before the playoffs because i don't like it either you have all this rhythm going through the season you're playing it week in week out unless you're on a bye and then you sit, and then you're meant to go into the playoffs. To, to me, that like that changes your rhythm. It changes the way you mentally prepare for a game. Yeah, you're gonna come in rusty. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Like it doesn't matter. Like you're gonna come in rusty. And I look at a report saying that you know the Ravens are are Super Bowl favorites now, after defeating San Francisco last week. Mm-hmm. I saw a report that came out the saying OBJ is planning on taking his teammates out on a retreat <laughs> before playoff start and like as a giants I fan i don't know who they're playing in the first round or the second round or whatever i'm taking whoever is playing the baltimore ravens in that first round if they end up going out they go on this boat yeah. and go on some sort of party or, or retreat or whatever it is i'm taking whoever they're against it was to win that that game. As a Giants fan, I can talk to you about the pain that OBJ's boat has caused. Uh, Giants fandom, but basically, so essentially, all you need to know is that OBJ took a bunch of Giants players uh, way back in the day on his boat. Uh, then they became a terrible team, and the the fall of the regime happened almost immediately. Like yeah. they went like two and twelve for the next fourteen games. So it was it was bad. Um, one thing I will reluctantly talk about before we end our show last week 
what was it last week, two weeks ago? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't care. Um, Neil won our fantasy football league. Making history. Making history. He is now, he went back to back, back to back champions. He is a, uh, he's essentially the, the Chiefs. Um, so yes, he won. I my team fell apart. My team of nothing but superstars: Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. I could the list goes on, but my team fell apart in the semifinals. I was really looking forward to playing Neil in the semifinals, but my team fell apart, and Neil went on to walk to the championship because I was not there to stop him. So Neil is you the, almost were. I almost was. But even if you were, it wouldn't have mattered. Like it, I put on quite the display in the Well, I would have had a much different team had I been playing in the championship than I was oh, playing in the third place of game. Of course. But um yes, hats off to Neil. He is the fantasy football champion in the Gridiron Goons League. Trophy is on the way, and that is all I'm going to talk about that as he flexes beside me. Thank you so much for listening. That is going to do it for our episode. Have a good week, guys. I know I will. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast.